Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. On today's episode, Tony chats with Michael Bisping, an actor, UFC champion, and martial arts extraordinaire. They discuss his journey from the ring to Hollywood and how scary it is to be vulnerable as an actor. After winning every martial arts competition he fought, he decided to explore a new career in the arts to see how far he could go in the world of acting. Oh, well, hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, today's podcast, uh, In the Moment. Um, I'm really excited to be, you know, I've been, this is still a Zoom podcast, but you're like my my guest today, who I'm going to announce in a minute. You're my first, like, post, well, we're still in the pandemic, but you're like my first guest, really, in real time, because most of the podcasts we've been doing this year have been, like, weird uh, like Instagram live sessions and other okay. kind of like weird interviews that I've had. And then I was like, oh, by the way, let's just do it as a podcast. So you're my, so without any further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest, mixed martial artist, actor extraordinaire, also actor artist. You're not just a mixed martial artist. You're an actor oh. artiste. Yes. Uh, former UFC middleweight champion. And oh my gee, I didn't know this. You're in a UFC hall of famer. Give well, that is up. quite the introduction, Tony. Thank <laughs> well, you very I can much. I'll give you more if you wanted me to embarrass you. Yeah, um, yeah. No, thank you, sir. Always. Well, a no, let me say your name. You. It's Mike Bisping. Yeah. People watching this, if they don't watch UFC, they're like, "Who the hell have you got on air this time, Tony?" Well, I had to look that up. I was like, "Is that ice skating?" <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I know. I know. But this is awesome. Look at. I see your. Uh, your trophy, which would be your, your, yeah, this is, uh, you, you know, just before I belt. logged in, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, this is embarrassing because, so I do a podcast which centers around mixed martial arts. Most of the time we end up just talking absolute nonsense for, you know, 30 minutes or an hour. Then we get to a little bit of fighting. So, you know, because it's an MMA podcast, I got some MMA stuff in the background. But then when I was logging in to do this, I thought, he's going to think, look at this egomaniac. He's got his belt, he's got his trophies. Get a grip. Michael oh, it's awesome. I'm a little embarrassed no it's awesome and you know I was wondering when I was going to introduce you like do you still like to be you know introduced with those past glories because I know sometimes people especially and we'll get into the acting like when people are moving into other careers and aspects of their life you know they want to be that's the problem with any kind of business right we're, we're mm. only labeled and defined based on our past success right so interesting. And I mean, and that may not be an issue for some people because I think it's something to really celebrate what you've accomplished. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it is an interesting one. Of course, I am, I'm proud of what I've achieved. So Absolutely. yeah, I certainly have no issue with it, Tony, whatsoever. And uh, there's not much else going on in my life right now. So <laughs> I'm going to hang on to those past glories. In fact, everywhere I go, I'm going to have the belt around my waist, just so everybody knows. As but you uh, Yeah, you, you know, that was a phase in my life. I enjoyed it. It opened some doors for me. And 
you know, onto new challenges these days. Well, your trophy case behind you, I'm going to do a screen picture of this so I can have it, but your trophy case behind you reminds me of my room still in my Midwest uh, Indiana house that my parents have, where it's like right. a shrine to Tony and has all my like swimming trophies. So well, I'm right there with you. You, you know, this isn't too bad because I, I have all these bits of art you can't see that people send to me, right? You know, oh, the, the, so some of the UFC art. fans, they're very, very, you know, yeah. they're, they're avid fans. They're very bloody loyal. So I sound like I'm bragging again, but I'm not. So they send them to me. It's like, what do I do with them? I can't throw them away, but I can't have them all over my house because I just look like I've, I've got a shrine to myself. So, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I don't, you know, I don't have this... Uh, obsession with myself even though it sounds like it right now <laughs> no not at all oh my god so mike tell us well first of all tell us how you're doing mm. and where are you right now are you are you in california or are you back yeah, orange county california That's yeah right. i'm doing okay. good i mean obviously uh we're going through some very weird challenging times right now but um, family's healthy safe family's fantastic Fa yeah. you know i've got three okay. kids they're all well they're all healthy oh, okay my son uh is at college he's uh he's home right now but he's going up to sacramento on sunday you were uh, too young to have a college son really wow yeah yeah okay. yeah no we got so we got a 19 17 and a 10 year old oh wow but, uh, yeah okay. life's good here in orange county california and okay. uh, just waiting for the world to get back to normal when is that and what is that and and is there going back to normal i'm not sure there is you know what i mean and i, yeah, I i'm not, not Go, go ahead. Sorry, pardon me. Well, I was just going to say, like, I'm not convinced that, you know, I always think like even even when things seem, you know, with our limited capacity to understand like the big scope of things, things are falling apart. And I'm not saying this isn't awful for many people because it is. But also like we're not at the end of like any tragedy in life or any any challenges you've overcome and you know you as a human being have had to overcome many i'm sure and you get through and you get to the other side and you see how it was essential in our evolution so i always really feel like even in the short term it feels like a total disaster i, I really believe like as the evolution of us on this planet it's going to lead to a new breakthrough of something you know i feel like mike like also, just because of the way we treat the planet, it's sort of a, a wake-up call that we can't continue apace as we have. You know what I mean? Whatever I this totally means. agree. Yeah. I totally agree on all fronts. And certainly, uh, you know, as a race, how we do treat this planet, that certainly needs to be looked at. I could, because I, I remember at the start, when all the lockdowns went into effect all over the world, there was, you know, you know certain pages on Instagram or whatever, like wildlife or, or nature pages that I may follow. They were giving these, these reads on uh, the, the carbon in, in the atmosphere and how, you know, pollution was being reduced and all the rest of it. And that was like on trend for, for a minute. And now right. that's all being forgotten about, you know, and people, you know, still using plastic by the bucket load and things like yeah. that. So, but but I, I agree with what you're saying. I think eventually when this all settles down, then hopefully we learn and, and we improve as a, a species. Well, also as a dad, right? Like, you know, I'm sure I have an 11 year old niece and I can't imagine being a parent, but, you know, just kind of what kind of future are we providing for our kids? You know, and I'm sure that is like, plays around in your molecular makeup of like, what, what are they going to have? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, for example, my 19 year old that I just told you about, you know, he's 19 years old, but he's trapped here at home. Now at the end of the day, you know, 
there's worse, there's people in way worse situations, but he's 19. He should be out living his life, you know, yeah. getting, getting into trouble, hopefully, yeah. making all kinds of mistakes, having fun. But he's, he's sitting here at home with me and his mother every day, oh, bored out of his mind. Tortured I mean, out of his mind. He's a, he's a good kid, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm kind of a fun dad, but still, you know, he doesn't come oh, out of his God. room very often. So uh, uh, the poor guy, you know. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you and your wife are like nerds to him. You know what I mean? Oh, Big time. Eye roll. Eye roll. Oh my God, it's so funny. It's, it's, uh, they, they, they get so embarrassed by me specifically because when they were at school, you know, if, if they ever acted embarrassed, I would just ham it up and do it even more, you know. So I, I remember I pulled up one day and the, the music in the car was playing. They're like, God, Dad, turn that music down. It's so embarrassing. So, of course, the next day when I get there, I've got the music cranking and I'm honking the horn. I'm like, hey, kids over here. They're like, what are you doing? And it's just, just my sense of humor. I'm a bit of an idiot like that. But my wife is much more relaxed and calm and they okay. tend to gravitate more towards that side well you're the ham in the family which is a great segue into why you should be an actor you know what i mean like actors have to be a little bit hammy i think yeah yeah, you know, yeah absolutely it's about personality and having fun and playing and like you know i think that that is you know an aspect of to me what i think personality is it you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's absolutely essential, you know. But it's funny, isn't it? Because my wife will always say this, and she's not an actor, but she always says, because I say that. I say what you just said to her. I said, you've got to have something about you. And she said, no, Michael, to be a true actor, you don't have to have that personality. It's called acting. I'm like, well, Tony Mandel thinks very, very <laughs> differently to you, and he's a esteemed acting coach. <laughs> well, thanks for that shout-out. But you know what? Yes, it's true. But I bet... You know, sometimes I think people who are not actors see it the way they think they see it. But then once they start talking to actors and see it in a different way, they're like, oh, my God, I get what you're talking about now. You know what I mean? Sure. But yeah. it is. It's all it's just like it's just like life. Right. Like to me, acting doesn't subscribe to any other uh, doctrines than life itself, any principles that are governing life. Like when you met your wife, you guys had a connection. There was some sort of even if she's more chill and relaxed you still were attracted to her essence, right? Like her personality, who she is, her presence. And I think that that, to me, that also speaks to sort of the, the challenges of the business, right? Because everybody has, you know, yes, maybe some actors have to develop their essence, have to give themselves the permission to express more, right? But that at the end of the day, once that part is prevalent in the work, I think it's about subjectiveness, right? So like mm. one person might love you, and then another, you go into a different room and they don't see it, but they don't, it's, it's just, it's not that you don't, the actor doesn't have something going on. It's just like, you like, you know, vanilla ice cream and somebody else likes strawberry. It's so subjective. Which oh, of I'm course, sure yeah. You've been well, fortunately, that's what I tell myself when I keep continually uh, being unsuccessful for auditions. <laughs> that's a, just didn't have the right look. I wasn't what they were looking for. No, but for. that's true, Mike. It's it so true. true. I and I think actors lose hope sometimes and lose sight of it you know what i mean but mm. come on you've been working i just caught up on your imdb page and like you've had like up until COVID here you were working quite a bit and yeah i was doing okay fortunately yeah. i got a great agent and uh yeah yeah you know i mean obviously it's frustrating it's a hard business you know yeah. so uh, well yeah uh, 
you know, but, but uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. You know, yeah, it's, it's like one of those, you got to realize that obviously there's going to be those dry spells and then you start losing focus and then you start losing, you know, you start thinking, should I be doing something else? Am I chasing this dream? That's never going to happen. But for me, it's not really a dream and I don't do it for money. I, I, I really, really enjoy it. I'm passionate about it. And, and then when I do get to be on set on those rare occasions, you know, cause it is pretty rare, maybe once a year, twice a year, I don't get a lot of work, but when I do, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm in the zone and I'm, just having a fantastic time because you know like the last thing i did i was out in south africa last year for four weeks and you know not great money let's be honest you know for four weeks of my time i commentate for the ufc i do some other things i've, I've made some books over my, the course of my career but so my wife's like why are you gonna go out to south africa for four weeks to do this for that amount of money i'm like number one i'm gonna be in south africa for i was gonna say weeks. safari baby that sounds awesome number four i gotta break away from you because as great as you are you know what i mean we've been doing this a little bit but most importantly jokes aside um because i'm passionate about it and it's fun well, also, like, you never know, right? Like, every role and every job and every experience, like, you grow, you learn, you meet people. Like, you know, it's like, it's really, to me, our business, well, I guess all businesses are like this, but I've never, I don't know, I've never done anything but this. But it's like, mm. who you know, and building relationships over time. You know what I mean? And then, it like, isn't for me in all walks of life, That's right. regardless of what kind of sphere you're in, it's all relationships, you know, because nobody wants to work. And again, this isn't necessarily apply to acting because you're the best person for the job, but to a certain degree, you know, you don't have, like, for example, if you're going to go film a movie and you're going to be somewhere for two months, you don't want to be hanging out with a jerk for two yeah, months. You got to click totally that it. person. You got to have some chemistry and you got to be easy to work with. There's also, you know, from the production side as well. Well, this is something we talk about a lot. I've been talking a lot on my podcasts and, you know, which is why it also takes a while, right? Because if I bring you, let's say I'm a producer and I bring you in or a cast director and I like your work, but I don't know you, I'm not going to take a risk on you right away. I got to make sure you're not an asshole. We can cuss on here, by the way. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, that, that you're like, you're going to be responsible and, and fun to work with, right? Because it is fun. Um, oh, but like, I think like as a professional athlete, right? Because like, you know, I'm curious because I didn't know, I mean, I, we joked about in class a little bit about, so here's a fun fact for my listeners, because I, I will never forget this. And Sean and I- I don't know where this is going. <laughs> no, no, you'll remember. No, no, because then I want to hear a little bit about your, your mixed martial art background and how you, because you must have started when you were young. But, but the same, I'm sure, headspace in a way and skills and mindset and perseverance and dedication that you learn being a, an athlete is carried over in other aspects of life, you know, and you can speak to that. But here's the funny AMAW joke. So Mike was in uh, the foundations class, right? The intro class to the, the work. And I remember, I think it was the like fifth week or something and we were doing the, the interior monologue exercise or something. You have to say out loud what you were thinking. And oh, I was God. like, yeah, and I was like, so Mike, how's, <laughs> how is class three or how's it going? Cause I think I was co-teaching it with Sean or whatever. I don't remember, but yep. And you were like, Oh God, you know, this is harder. You said, this is like a direct quote. This was harder than any other competitor you had to face in the ring at one level. Right. Of like yeah. really. So I just, I love that. Cause it was so radically honest and so forthcoming about, how different it is to then apply, you know, your physique and your physicalness in, in mixed martial arts or in boxing or whatever the sport might be. And then discovering like, Oh, telling the truth, mm. you know, 
Yeah, no, for it's me- It's a little it, bit different so, in acting. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it certainly was challenging for me because, you know, given my background, I was a, you know, let's be honest, I was a scrapper when I was a kid, right? Let's be honest, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm a martial artist, that's all well and good saying that. I was a bit of a scrapper when I was a kid. I did do martial arts and then, you know, I became a professional and uh, I, I did very well. Then I started trying to, I, I, I kind of fell into this by accident. My manager at the time got me a movie, uh, okay. a part in the movie and it was, a, you know, it was, you know, you don't want to see it. Definitely don't want to waste 90 minutes of your life. Let me tell you. But God bless the people for giving me the opportunity. Yeah. And anything I do in life, obviously, you want to put your best foot forward. So I went and got an acting coach and I had a few, you know, uh, sessions with sessions, him. And yeah. In 20 minutes, he had me crying my bloody eyes out. And I thought, what's going on here? I came here to learn some lines. And why am I crying and reliving all my childhood, whatever? But, um, yeah, you, you, you know, so, so the point I'm trying to make is this, it's out of my comfort zone and certainly coming into your school and doing the kind of exercises we were doing. It's not something that I was necessarily, uh, um, comfortable with, you know? So when you said, how, how's it all going? I'm like, this is the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. You were sweating. I truly loved it. Yeah, no, I know. Of course. Like, I feel like, you know, our DNA is kind of like designed to want to express and create and tell truth and be authentic. But like you just said, maybe your childhood and growing up or somebody else has lived through a different trauma or like, you know, you have kids, you see sometimes how at a very early age, kids are taught, you can be, a, I'm, I'm not talking about the parenting, although sometimes parents do this too, but I'm talking about the education system and culture and seeing things like in social media is a shit show for young people, like mm -hmm. having to look a certain way and be a certain way. So these masks are put on us, right? And then to have to reveal who we are behind the things that at some level has been has served us or gotten us what we needed or is a survival mechanism or a defense mechanism to get through life i'm not saying it's not a necessary no no, no art, it's, you know it's very, very interesting actually because I, I guess in a sense what you're saying is you know i'm stripping away that label here i That's am right. this is me i'm the tough guy i'm the fighter i'm the macho man but then you strip that away and you've got to you know that's gone then who are you now who are you but also you know mike like as a you know professional athlete again like i don't want you to poo poo that because that also you know to have to be an athlete also at that level has to also be about you have to control your emotions you have to keep it together you have to stay focused like you know to talk about your feelings yeah no for sure that's like oh my god you know what well, I mean? that was something that took me a long time to realize that uh, ah, the controlling I know. the Control. emotions controlling the emotions because in a fight and certainly when I was younger obviously you do all the training you know you train the different martial arts and whatnot you get yourself in the best shape possible but the, but the mind controls everything and that's the most important tool never mind the physical aspects and I used to think when I was younger in my career if I went in there I kind of worked up I'd psych myself up I, I remember in in the locker room before I'd go out I'd go find a quiet corner somewhere and I close my eyes and I think about everything I wanted to achieve and everything I've been through in my life. And I, I try and work myself up to get angry, you know, because uh -huh. I thought that was the best way to be. Uh -huh. But if you're angry, if you're in a frantic state of mind, you're never the best version of yourself in anything in regards of what you're doing. If you're being an actor, you're being a musician, you're being a teacher, whatever it is. If you're angry, you're not putting your best foot forward. And it took me a while to realize that because I guess some of the lower level guys, you can get away with it. 
But then when you're fighting the elite or if you're in whatever circle it is with the elite, if you're angry and you're not putting your best foot forward, you're not going to do well. And certainly against the best fighters in the world, you've got to be cool, calm, collected, present in the moment, seeing everything as it's coming, you know, not going in there like some kind of raging bull, which is going to do you no whatsoever. Well, but it took me a while to figure it out. No, that's an amazing point. Like, yeah, you have to be the karate kid, right? Like. Mm. Otherwise, it's just a displacement of energy. The energy is being diffused and like, exactly. yeah, wow, that's, that's so interesting. I didn't even really think about that in mm -hmm. terms of, well, I mean, also as a young kid, though, I guess you, so when did you start? Yeah, so I started doing martial arts when I was about eight or nine years old, follow oh, my old, follow okay. my older brother, yeah. okay. you know, and uh, yeah, Japanese jujitsu, then did some kickboxing, then some okay. boxing. Then, oh. then nothing for a few years. You know, I, 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 I was old enough to go into a pub. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, the martial arts training kind of stopped for Hell a little yeah. bit. yeah, a pint yeah, yeah. instead of like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The alcohol and women came on the scene. <laughs> <laughs> At like 13, right? Yeah, well, I wasn't... Yeah, well, 18 is the drinking okay. age in England. Right. We're talking well, 15, 16, you know. Yeah, so okay. I took a little hiatus and I met yeah. Rebecca. Uh, we had some children. And I was working, you know, I left school at 16. You, oh, okay. I got this job at this time for 120 pounds a week. And when you're 16, living at your, your mom's house, you think you're rich. You soon come to find out that's going to take you nowhere in life. And we were young and dumb and we had children very early. Uh, but we made it work still together 20 years later. And um, obviously you think you want to give them the best life possible. And what I'm doing right now, this is it's it. Not it. You know, what yeah. am I going to do? And I always remember the guy that I worked with, it was, you know, like manual labor. The guy I worked with, Mick, he was a lovely fella. He was about 65. And he'd say to me all the time, Michael, you're a pretty smart guy. Is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? I'm like, no offense, Mick. I don't want to do this for another 20 minutes, let alone 20 <laughs> years. And he says, well, I'll give it some thought. Give it some thought, Michael, because you're still young enough and you're smart enough you could do something. So I did. I did some soul searching and I kept coming back to my martial arts. And I remember I went up to him one day. I said, Mick, I figured it out. And he puts his tools down and he walks off. He's like, come on, let's have it. And I said, I'm going to be a professional fighter. And he was like, oh, my God. I thought you were smart. I thought you were smart. You're an idiot. I take all of that back. But, uh, oh but yeah, there you go. that's kind of how I got into it. The only thing that would have made him have maybe an even more outrageous reaction is you would have been like, I got to figure it out. I'm going to be an actor. Yeah, oh God, yeah, 100%. Right? <laughs> yeah, which is almost as laughable. Definitely well, more laughable. But if yeah. the martial arts doesn't work out, I'm going to, acting is going to be my B plan. Yes, I'm going to be a, a, a championship martial artist and then I'm going to be oh an actor. God. And he would have said, you're, you're fired because you're clearly <laughs> on drugs right now. And wait, what was that job that you were doing? Uh, I was a quality control inspector at a, um, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? Um, where, where, where they make couches? Uh, an upholstery firm. Upholstery. Sorry, upholstery, that's the word I was looking for. You had to make sure a people quality... sit on pins and like... Not yeah. really. You just had okay. to check for the symmetry and check the stitch. It was the most boring job ever. Okay, So wow. we had lots of time to talk, as I wow. said, you know. I'm glad so, yeah. that you reached higher. Not that there's anything wrong with being hey, upholsterers. Honest know. living. Honest no, living. Honest living. That's right. Honest living. I think sometimes the youngins forget about that nowadays. Look at me. I'm like pulling out my age card. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes when I, because I, I feel like I'm the mom or the dad of hundreds, thousands of actors. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm Young sure you people. are. I'm sure you are. I'm always like, you can get a job. I mean, now post-COVID, it's a little harder pre in COVID. But like, 
go work as a barista or go. And also because I think the great thing about being young and taking jobs that are honest jobs, paying jobs, you start to like you had a come to Jesus moment where you were like, you know what? I can start figuring out what don't I want and what do I want and what do I want my life to be about? And you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's why I tell my son, well, my daughter, she wants a job, but my son, he's 19. I'm like, son, you need to get a job, you know? And I'm like, I'm not saying that from a, uh, hey, get your ass to work perspective. I want you to go out there, get some life experiences, meet some people, you know, grow as a person, you know? I mean, yeah, of course, you want to put some dollars in your back pocket as well, even though he's freeloading off his mom and dad at the moment. And I'm sure that's more attractive to him. But you know what I mean? For those reasons of just to meet different types of people, learn some skills, yes, but just to see what the world's about and interact with different people. Because you're certainly not going to get that sitting in here during COVID with us, you know? So get your ass down to Ralph's and stock some shelves. Oh, you're doing, you're doing great parenting, Mike. I mean, that's the truth, right? Like, I also think like as actors, especially it's important to do other things because you get to interact with the world and see the world and observe people and start to see how humanity is, you know what I mean? And I think that's important because we pull from that. But so wait, I want to just, okay. So then you were in your late teens, early 20s by then. And then. Yeah, like 22, 22, something like that. 22, 23. And, and then you yeah. just had to start doing rigorous training and then... So, yeah. So, so when I was a kid, I did a lot of martial arts. And, you know, humble brag, I, I won pretty much every, every martial art tournament I ever, you know, entered. You know, I sound like an asshole. But that's the truth, you know. So oh, I knew I was good. Awesome. Yeah. I, I knew I was good. I knew I could do it. And then my coach, when I was a kid, would always tell me about the explosion of mixed martial arts and the UFC and pride which was an association in Japan. And he said, there's real money to be made, Michael. And, you know, so I looked into it. And he said to me, he said, he said, he made me an offer. He said, if you quit work, move down to Nottingham, where he lived. He said, train with me Monday to Friday. If you can get within the top five ranked in the country, uh, he said, I'll give you lots of earnings, which wasn't very much anyway, you know, so... And I thought, listen, I've got an opportunity here. It's a dead end job. There's plenty of other dead end jobs. So uh, I put it to my wife and she, she, um, she, you know, fully agreed. She was very, very supportive. So yeah, January 4th, 2004, I uh, drove down to Nottingham with a mattress in the back of my car and started on this crazy journey. Then I would drive back on a Friday. I used to be a professional DJ. So I DJ at the weekends, uh, you know, in the house and trance clubs, uh, make just enough money to keep the lights on. And then Monday morning, Back training. Whoa. And like, how long did you, was that the regimen until you started to break through and like make your way up to a more elite class? Cause it's like anything, right? There's like, yeah, it's yep. scrappy. So you have to keep winning. Right. And like, of course. Yeah. yeah well, it's, I, again, I don't know a lot about this. So like, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I liken it back to the, to acting for your audience. You know, you start off, it's like anything. I mean, I've done some pretty, crappy things when I started, you know, but I'd say to my wife, so well, this is how it is. You don't yeah. start at the top. You got to get experience. You got to work your way up, you know, and get good. You yeah. got to get good. Yeah, you know, I'm learning on the job here. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and yeah, yeah. J- just like that in the UK, the, the little grassroots shows, which are very unprofessional. Oh yeah. yeah. 
would change. The rules would, would change all the oh, time, oh. you know. Uh, Were they, they held in like little like gyms or like rotary like, clubs? Like little social like, clubs. Yes, and, rotary clubs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. things okay. like that, you know. So oh, yeah, you know, whoa. and then and then after two years, I uh, and then wait, sorry, Mike, I'm just so. And then yeah. would people like at that the lower level would people bet on you? So like if it was a a, a social club with like the guys come and like oh, I'm gonna put my 20 quid on Mike Bisping. And then, yeah, you know, no, it, there was no, none it's not of that. Like that. It's not it's like, like gambling. On, yeah. I know, I'm sorry. That that sounds cool. That sounds like a scene from Snatch. So, <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you, but no, it wasn't that. Really? So, so yeah, so yeah. And then there was a show called The Ultimate Fighter. I don't know if you're familiar with that, that the UFC have. It's a reality not, TV Okay, show, okay. And they have 16 fighters. They live in a house. They have no contact with the outside world. Uh, you know, no internet, phones, anything like that. And they, they got to train together. Uh, well, they separate into two teams. And then every week, two guys fight. And the winner stays, the loser goes home. Okay. And they right. whittle it down until you get one, and that guy becomes the ultimate fighter. So uh, they, they, were, they were on season three of that. And, and that's that kind of what saved the UFC, to be honest. Oh. The UFC was going out of business. They were trying to sell it. They weren't making money. Nobody was interested. Uh, it was too violent and things like that. Um, so then they came up with this concept of this reality TV show and that completely turned the company around. And then the company blew up into this massive success because people saw the, the human element, the human side. They saw the reason why people were going through this and why they were fighting and why they were training. They saw that they had families and children at home, you know? So it opened people's perspectives to hold on. These aren't, thugs and whatever right. they're just the trying to make the best in life mm, you know mm. uh, and it turned into a huge success and i think they did like 25 seasons of that something crazy and anyway they wanted two english guys for season three so i went down to the auditions in london uh, at earl's court and fortunately for me everyone else auditioned uh, everyone else auditioning i'd already beaten <laughs> so i so i was like well you know yes. i'm beating everyone else that's auditioning so you know i got the part and then and then you won, right? I won the whole thing. I won the whole thing. And yeah, that was it. That was my fast track to the UFC. Whoa. And then how do you get from there to winning the middleweight title? First of all, what is a middleweight technically? How much do you weigh for that? 185 pounds. Whoa, okay. Yeah. How so much is a heavyweight? Two over 220? Up to 265. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So big boys, big boys. Okay. I started off as a light heavyweight, which is 205. How tall um, are you? Six one. Okay. Six one. My wife likes to say six foot. But uh <laughs> I always say this. My wife doesn't like when I say this. When I got arrested when I was a kid, they said six foot one. <laughs> so that's what I go with. The police said six foot one. There you go. Oh They're gonna God. be official. Um yeah, yeah, it was a long old journey. A lot of injuries. I lost an eye along the way. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Whoa. Oh god, he's taking it out. Oh there god, go. whoa. Yeah. So, so yeah. wow, Mike, that's crazy amazing. Yeah, it's not amazing. Well, I mean, well, listen, it's crazy amazing that sure, I understand what you're saying. It isn't worse that also like science can create that. That it's I, incredible. So for my listeners, Mike just took out his false eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, so, so that was the thing. So when I retired whoa. from when I retired from um, from fighting. And I was trying to focus on an acting career and whatever else I could do. 
obviously back then my eye looked a mess and I was so self-conscious of it. So, and every time I would go in for an audition or whatever, yeah. I was so paranoid about my eye and, and that's all I would think about, you know, yeah, and, and you know, you know, of course, for obvious oh. reason, but still, but then, so I used to wear these contact lenses, these corrective lenses, but they would never correct it properly. And it would end up drifting into the middle. It had like a fake pupil and a, it, you know, it was like a drawing of an eye on a contact lens and you put it on, but it would drift into the middle and I'd look even worse. So I, I, I was carrying this little compact around with me and I was always pulling it out and checking my contact oh lens. Oh my God. You know, and I'd be in an audition and I'd be, hold on one second, I'd, I've got to go to the bathroom. I think of reasons to like, I've got to check my eye. You know, so I'd be checking the placement of the eye and yeah, yeah, you know, if you're thinking about something else in an audition, oh, yeah, no, needless yeah. to say, I never got the part. Talk about worst audition stories. That would be right up there with, yeah. Oh, I've got, I've got, no, 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 mine but, are bad. Mine are bad. <laughs> I thought mine were bad because I have some funny ones, but Mike, if you're like, yeah, that would be impossible if you're starting out and you're, it's all new anyway, and then you're worried about your eye. And, but here's the thing, like, as long as I've known you, I've never even noticed it. I wouldn't, oh, really? I never noticed, no, yeah, I never so, noticed so I, it in class or had you really? not just taken it out of the socket, yeah. I would not. No, so, so, so my wife says that, my wife says, Michael, it's worse in your mind. Because it, for me, it's, totally. it's right at the forefront of my consciousness. Totally. I used to think about it all the time. I'm very uh, self-conscious about it. But uh, as I say, I used to wear those contacts. And for years, I would try and they were bloody useless. And in the end, I went to see a doctor because I thought, I'm sick of this. I'm mm. sick of looking like this. I'm going to get the whole thing removed and get a glass eye. Right. So I went to see a doctor and they said, um, no, you don't need to do that, Michael. We don't want to take an eye out. And who knows, maybe down the line with stem cells or yeah, science yeah, yeah, gets yeah. better. You never know. And they said, we, we know a place. And it turns out it's five minutes from my house. It cost Ooh. me like $2,000 to have it made, but it's hand painted. It's, it's it changed my life. Really Aww, did. That's it's amazing so, what they can do. That is amazing. But yeah. so you had the accident. So you, you basically have no vision in your right zero eye. vision zero vision zero there vision for the last five years of my fight career as well whoa yeah 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 so wow this is like i would have never known yeah and no like, managed to win Can... the world championship with one eye oh my god mike you're like a superhero oh yeah no yeah, you that's are. what everyone says no i think <laughs> No, I you're think like it's a, in, like, no, you're like you a are. dickhead. That's generally what I get. <laughs> that's what your wife says. Yeah, she, yeah. That's what, she, all my she, friends that know me. And your kids probably, in their mind, they probably Absolutely. think sometimes. Because yeah, that's what kids do with parents. My 11-year-old niece texted me the other day. She's like, it's my brother and sister-in-law. She's like, oh my God, they are driving me crazy. <laughs> what was the so, issue? Oh, no issue. Just she's 11. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it's COVID. And you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Um, but whoa. What a, and was that, was that, I mean, it's pretty violent when I, maybe that's not the right word, but it's a pretty aggressive sport, right? Because there's no, you guys don't do any kind of face guards, right? Like there's... It, it is a violent sport. I don't mind saying that. Okay. You know, I, right. I, I don't want to offend. Gonna be, no, no, of course. And I appreciate that. I respect that. But uh, no, listen, you know, for, 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 for a long time, they marketed it as, you know, 
because it used to be two men enter, one man leaves, all that type of stuff. And that's kind of oh. why it wasn't taking off. Like so then Gladiator. they rebranded it. They brought, because it used to be no time, uh, no rounds, no time limit, no rules and things like that. So it used to be very barbaric back Whoa. in the day. So they completely transformed it. They worked with the athletic commissions. Mm -hmm. they, they brought in rules. So there's many, many rules and they brought in rounds and, you know, the real uh, re regulatory uh, um, body surrounding it or the athletic commissions. So, so then they started marketing it as, you know, a little more graceful and whatnot. But let's be honest, all that's, when all that's said and done, we are trying to knock each other out in there. You know, and I say that, I said, listen, oh, well and good. We can talk about the technical side, but there is an animalistic side to it, a real visceral mm -hmm. side where we're walking in there. So yeah, so when you say violent, I'm certainly not offended by that uh, because in essence, that's what it is. And it's basically anything goes as far as kicking and punching, right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you can't, you know, to the groin, nothing like that, right. you know, but, but you can kick the legs, face, punches, right. kicks, knees, elbows, wrestling, jujitsu, submissions. Yeah, listen, Whoa. for the layperson, pretty much anything goes, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm to, oh, no, 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 no. It's so sophisticated. Yeah, you can beat the shit out of him, whatever you want. You just can't bring a hammer in. No hammers, I'm no bats. Yeah, no tools. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't know any of these things when I was teaching you because yeah, yeah. I'm a provocateur. My job is to try to, you know, with loving kindness, always sure, loving, but trying to evoke people's feelings. But some people get really upset with me sometimes, not with me, but like, you know what I mean? I yeah. trigger them in a healthy way. Trigger isn't the right word, but like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, like, you could have taken me out like in a heartbeat. Oh, like. no, no. <laughs> That's so funny because it's the, the complete opposite of the way I am. But uh, No, of course. I'm just kidding. I, I, I didn't think anyone in there at the time, and I don't think they did, knew what I did. Which is, which is the way I liked it, to be honest. Because right, you know? right. otherwise then you become like, I don't know. Well, it's not a big overlap. You know what I mean? And then yeah. people, they start making like assumptions. You know, because yes. they do. Anyone watching this right now, when I say, oh, yeah, professional mixed martial artist, break that down to its lowest common denominator. What is that? You're a cage fighter, which I detest that term, by the way. But still, that if the shoe fits, you know, and that's what it is. And then, of course, and rightly so, to a certain degree, you start making some assumptions. And some of those assumptions will be true. And some of them will be completely way off, you know. So I prefer it when I go into a new arena, so to speak, where nobody knows my background. But Mike, what's so great about you and how honest you are is you're, it's like nobody, it's like anything in life, right? Unless we walk in somebody else's shoes, we don't really know their journey and what it's mm -hmm. about and what they've overcome. And it's so inspiring. Like, I mean, I don't know anything about, I mean, I just, like I said, I knew that's what you did prior to acting, but like, this is like a crash course for me. And I find it really fascinating, like just the human element. You know, yeah. but I, I have one more technical question and then we can move to the acting oh, and we'll round it up. But it's just, fa I'm fascinated by it. But, uh, no, 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 trust uh, me. This is my wheelhouse. Ask me this. <laughs> when we get to the acting stuff, yeah. that's what I'm, I'm, a total, I'm like you on mixed martial arts. We're just going to completely flip it. You're going to be the genius and I'm going to uh, be the moron. Yeah. So you want to stay on this? Well, Don't no, worry, I mean, be my guest. Oh, uh, it's funny. But wait, so how many, okay. So how many rounds is it designated? Is it until somebody drops? No, and, so there's three rounds, three oh, five-minute rounds. Three how many minutes? Three five-minute rounds. Okay. It's a very exhausting. And I was going to say, if, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're in it, you must be dead. Five-minute round, trust me, it feels like a lifetime in there. Whoa. And then if it's the main event or a championship fight, that's five rounds, so five fives. And let me tell you, one of the biggest weapons you can have in there is being a good athlete. I learned that lesson um, – 
when I was, a, I used to be a professional kickboxer prior to that. And I hadn't been in the gym for a long time. I hadn't been training. My coach called me up and he said, hey, Mike, I've got your fight. It's next weekend. Have you been training? Are you in shape? I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and anyway, so I went out there. It was eight rounds of kickboxing. The first four rounds, I tried to, you know, take him out there. I tried everything I had. And after four rounds, he was still, still there. And I was exhausted. And for Whoa. four rounds, this guy just beat the living shit out of me right? and it was it's the most lonely place in the world because you know in a team sport you can hide back you can blend mm -hmm. in the pack take some mm -hmm. time off have a breather when you've got another guy in there in a fighting ring or a cage or whatever it is who's trying to take your head off and there's no attack it's the worst feeling in the world so i learned right then and there cardio is all, always key because it doesn't matter how good you are in any realm of you know good wrestler boxer kickboxer jujitsu guy whatever it is once you get tired, none of that matters because you haven't got the energy to do anything. Mm. And that's how tiring that sport is. So the athletes involved, you know, the training is, you know, it's pretty extreme. So there's no crying out, uncle, uncle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, well, you, you, you can maybe spit a mouthpiece out now and again, but we make it look like an accident. Or you see people like they'll fake a nut shot, you know, oh God, ref. But then they do a replay and, and they didn't get anywhere near them, you right. know. Oh God. But because, okay. because if you get a nut shot, if you get, you know, caught in the crown jewels, you get five minutes. You're allowed the top to stop until Whoa. you're ready to go. They'll yeah, leave yeah. it going for five minutes. So, you know, you can milk the system a little bit. Did you ever get a nut shot? Is that oh, I, it... I got a few nut shots. Yeah, but, okay. uh, you know, I was like, no, <laughs> I'm in better shape than him. I'm not taking a rest. I'm like, let's go. Let's Whoa. keep this train moving. So if, okay, so if it's three rounds or five rounds, like if, if it's a, a draw, then does it, do the judges decide who won? Is that yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Often boxing. it'll go to a decision. Yeah, it'll okay. Go to a decision, and the judges, yeah, there's judges that. Uh, Otherwise, it would be like if you knocked me out, then I. Right, because yeah, no, it's, sure. it's to, over. to get somebody out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if knocked out, submission or a decision. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And submission yeah. means if I were competing against you, I just call anything it myself. I can do to your body to make you tap and say that's it. I'm done. Oh it's wow! Over. You tap out. Okay. So I manipulate your joints. I'll, ch I'll use a variety of chokes, leg chokes, oh uh, sorry, leg locks, arm locks. You, you can, the, 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 <laughs> the human species of uh, centuries has come out with some very incredible inventive oh. ways to inflict pain on other Whoa, people. So there's a I lot bet. of good moves you can do. Yeah, I would like, you would be the right person to have. I'm going to get your address and make sure in the apocalypse, I'm going to be staying with Mike Bisping and his family. You know what I mean? Like, totally. Well, in the UK, back in the UK, that would have been good because I okay. could fight. But over here in America, oh. you guys love your guns. That's true. You guys guns. love your guns, yeah. and I yeah. don't have a gun. No, so yeah. in the apocalypse, yeah, you don't want to be <laughs> yeah, with okay. me. I'm going to be looking for someone that has a rifle or a gun or something. That's true. Trying to, trying to steal one. I know nothing about guns. So no hand Definitely not the man here. in the apocalypse. Oh, my God. And, Mike, wh so what was it like then when you won the middleweight championship? Like, and was that then, is that when you decided, like, okay, when does, it, when does a fighter decide to call it a day? That's, yeah, so, so, right, so, so what happened was, obviously, I had my eye condition, uh, and that was a big secret. You're not supposed to, you know, you have to take medicals and things like that. So getting cleared for the medicals was very hard and very stressful, you know. So I, I, was, I, was, I was lying to everybody all the time about my eye, oh. you know. And, and then when I finally got the title fight, because it, I – it's, it's a dubious record to hold. I have the record for the fighter that was 
in the UFC the longest before they ever got a title fight, which basically means you were shit for a long time. And then eventually you got a shot. <laughs> the previous honor to have, but I, I own that. Take it. You should own it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so anyway, when I eventually, after many, many years and scars and losing guys, got my title fight, my wife said, Michael, win or lose, please, I want you to retire on this. I said, well, if I lose, I'll retire. If I win, you're out of your mind because that's when I can start, finally start to make some real money because, you know, the champions, they get pay-per-view and all that type of stuff. So, um, so yeah, so I continued for a while and then, I, I, you know, I eventually lost my belt like all champions do. You can't stay champion forever. Mm -hmm. And then I flew out to Shanghai two weeks after that. I took a short notice fight. I don't know why I did it. It's another quick payday. And when I was out there, I got caught with a punch and I got knocked out in the first round. And then on the way back, when I was flying back, every time I look to the left, I see a flash out of my good eye. Because I always thought, because I lost the vision in one eye. And I always said, because doctors always say, Michael, you shouldn't be fine. This is very, very dangerous. You could go blind. And I said, well, lightning's not going to strike twice. Lightning struck once oh, with mm -hmm. this eye. It's mm -hmm. not going to strike twice. But then, sure enough, I got what's called a vitreous detachment, which is a precursor to a possible detached retina. So I was like, okay. That's You're it. Done. My time's up You're here. Done, yeah. I, and I, I, I was actually like an idiot going to do one more because I was very confident about the, the matchup. But then a friend of mine called me. He said, Michael, what are you doing? He yeah. said, and I said, well, it's another quick payday. He said, Michael, if you lost your vision, if you didn't get to see your children grow up, you would give every penny you had in the bank oh. to get your vision back, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I would. And when you put it like that, that's it. So then, yeah, that was that. That was all she wrote. Wow. So dramatic. Jeez. <laughs> that's like that's like a movie i think they're gonna make a movie of your life michael well there's a documentary coming out soon i'll invite oh, really? you to the premiere Tony. oh my god yeah i mean will there be one or is it going to be online like oh, you know well I mean? that's a very good point yeah. exactly we've been discussing that for but a while. i would love to see it it's your your life is so fascinating it's really like I'll send you a copy of my book there you go you can read okay. up on it <laughs> So, and then did you have like such an asshole? No. Did you have aspirations then while you were in the middle of all this, uh, like while you were at the height of your career to act or did acting come after and you were like, uh, now what am I going to do? Yeah. Well, to be honest, it was kind of the eye that kind of triggered all this, uh, because it, that made me realize, you know, obviously you can't do this forever. I already knew that, but I'm mm -hmm. like, wow, my time's already numbered. You know, and I'm, you were probably in your early 30s there, right? Yeah, I, I yeah. was in my mid-30s. Yeah. And I'm like, so, you know, I'm getting towards the end of my career anyway. Yeah. But now with the eye, I'm on borrowed time already. Every single fight, I'm thinking this could possibly be my last. So I, in hindsight, I was very lucky because that gave me the foresight to try and use the platform, for want of a better word, that I had at that time to try and open doors. You know, when you're a retired, washed-up ex-fighter, no one's interested. Mm -hmm. But when you're the current champion of the world, you know, you, you, you can open a few doors and, and things are a little bit easier. You know what I'm saying? So I started trying to do everything I could. I started working uh, for Fox Sports as an analyst. I started obviously focusing on the acting side of things, started my own podcast, started trying to do anything in the entertainment space that I could do because, you know, I, 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 I do like to talk too much. So uh, I thought I'd try and put it to use. I mean, I think it's smart. It's like yeah. almost kind of a perfect segue and also talking about what you know. You know what I mean? Sure. But then, so... Why? I mean, I guess because it's big in America and this is also where industry is, right? But like, why here as opposed to not pursuing acting in the UK? I mean, you've been, you've been, you had been here for quite a while, right? Because Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. So, so so we moved out here because you know mma there's a big scene out here big, the sport, yeah yeah this, this is where the sport is simple yeah. as that and as i said i had done a movie when i lived in england and i was terrified remember i said i went to the acting coach and then when i got on set i was in, oh, austin, I was in the texas. uk yeah okay. yeah no but the movie filmed in austin oh, okay. and i remember i was on set in austin texas and i'm like <laughs> and my buddy from from england from clitheroe jacko came with me and i'm like what the fuck am I, doing? am I doing here? And I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I was shaking like crazy. But anyway, um, I did a pretty good job. In fact, I did, I, did, I did a good job. And then at the end, the director was like, Michael, he said, that, you know, he said, whatever you do, I suggest you continue with this because you certainly got some talent. So, and I really enjoyed it. Anyway, fast forward a few years. Oh, and then I did a, a soul popper in England called Hollyoaks. Hollyoaks. Oh, yeah. I've, so, yeah. I've worked with a couple of people on that show. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so Holyoke's late night is like, yeah, yeah. Risque. yeah, yeah. Uh, they show some boobs and <laughs> yes. there's a bit of bad language. Yeah. So I, I, I was brought in as a gangster, a bit of a bad guy, but I enjoyed that. So then, and then I moved out here and then I thought, right, uh, I should try and get myself an agent. So, and this leads back to what I said before about the, the audition nightmares, because I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not trained. And anyway, so I called up the producers of that movie. Well, I sent an email and I said, Hey, cause they, they were great guys. I said, I'm, I'm out here in LA, yada, yada, yada. I'm, I'm looking for an agent. Long story short, you know, a few introductions, a few meetings. I had an agent and he starts booking me auditions. <laughs> I'm like, Oh <laughs> shit. I don't know what I'm doing now here. So I was so far out of my depth. Yeah. I've got some, I've got some horror stories. Let me tell you. I mean, I think that's like also part of the rite of passage, right? I think, I think that's the thing, right, about actors is like nobody knows until you start doing it. And then the more you do it and get the experience, even like crash and burn auditions and even like you just start to, I think that's the thing about people who are listening, you know, to the podcast who are wanting to, you know, take more of the dive into acting. I think sometimes we compare ourselves to like, the people who are doing it and you're like, how do I get there? Or how do I do that? You know what I mean? And it can be overwhelming. And then, then you don't take any steps, you know, moving in any kind of direction and people overthink it. Yeah. Well, no, it's certainly daunting. I mean, if, if, you yeah, background, if, if you trained, if you went to drama school and things like that, then certainly, you know, then that's what you're suited to. But if, if, if somebody's trying to take those first steps into it, yeah, of course it's very daunting, very challenging and, uh, and intimidating. It was for me massively, yeah. as I said to you uh, in class. And as I said to my friend that time, when I first, uh, I was about to do a scene, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? How did I get here? This is, I'm not in a gym. I don't have boxing gloves on. What the fuck am I doing? Yeah, it's a completely different yeah. experience, right? Also, like if you have to do a love scene or it's something yeah, more yeah. intimate, you know what I mean? Well, on that, on that, um, on the, on the soap opera, it, 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 one of the first scenes I had to do was, you know, I was, uh, I was, uh, climaxing, shall we say. Oh, and I'm like, okay, and wow. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Cause I'm like, listen, I know what the MMA fans are like, and they will make a meme <laughs> of that straight away. And the director's like, Mike, come on, this is what you got to do. I'm like, I can't do it. I said, I can't, cause I'm still fighting. I'm still trying to be champion. And, and anyway, so they just, they just had me buttoning my, you know, zipping myself As up. As if you so, did it. Okay. Yeah, so we compromised like that. I said, I can't do that. I was, I, I, number one, I wasn't comfortable enough to do it yet. But secondly, I'm like, I will never live that one down. I mean, of course, now give me a love scene. Let's go. I'm all about it. <laughs> you heard it here, <laughs> folks, first. Oh, my God. I know. So I know. Me too. All day. <laughs> so, you, so you have, you know, you've been working though a bit. You were in... Um, uh, is it Triple X? Uh, yeah. Return of uh, Xander Cage, right? 
With yes. I think another uh, one of my students was Ruby Rose in that one. Correct, she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, she's you, one of your students. Yeah. yeah, she's. Yeah, I've been working with her for quite a while. But like, do you do do you do some of your own stunts on these kind of movies and and some of the shows that you've been doing, or are you? I mean, I know that's a completely different discipline, but of course, yeah. No, that that wasn't a prerequisite of me getting the role. Got but it. then when I'm on set, you know, I'm I'm I mean, not so much now as I told you. I had a knee replacement. I got to get another knee oh, replacement. That's right. So you mentioned my that. body's kind of failing me a little bit, but but yeah. I, I would happily do that kind of stuff. But with the triple X one, you know, it's funny because I got an audition for a part, and um, you know, I went for it, and I thought I did a great audition, and you know, every like every time, like, this is the one I've got. I this got it. A good feeling, <laughs> and anyway, I never got the part, and and the guy that played the role, I forget his name. It was the 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 hound in game of thrones i forget his name oh, but anyway he, okay. he got the part and he, he did a tremendous job anyway completely so, different way completely different type yes, by the way of course okay, yeah. yeah and and they cast him perfectly and he was way better in that yeah. role than i could have ever have been yeah oh, um wow. and then i get a call up from my agent and he says mike we've got to get you another audition for triple x and i'm like oh, for fuck's sake Right, because I know it's going to be a waste of time. On a Friday morning, I'm going to drive all the way up to Santa Monica from Orange County. Yeah. I'm going to spend the next two days learning these lines. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to stress myself out. And then I'm going to drive back. I'm going to hit rush hour traffic. It's just going to be a waste of time. But, you know, you got to play the game. If my, audi- my, my age is getting me auditions, and I, I want to do this, let's be honest. But I'm like, right. I'll go for it. But I went a little begrudgingly on this one. I thought, well, they didn't want me for that. They're not going to want me for this. So I went in there with a very blase attitude. And I think it really helped me in the audition because I didn't really give a fuck because I wasn't stressing myself out over it. Typically, I go in there and I want it so bad and I'm like, I'm tense and I'm nervous and I'm, I'm, I'm not putting my best foot forward. On this occasion, I thought, this is a waste of my time. I'm not going to get it. I don't give a shit. I'm here just really to appease my agent, but I'll give it a shot anyway. And then lo and behold, two days Boom. later, I got a phone call. Boom. This is the art of the fuck it. That's what I teach. You know what I mean? It's yes. this, this whole um, almost counterintuitive approach of, I mean, yes, you, it's not, I think sometimes people can conflate that to mean, it's not about being disrespectful. It's not about being. Absolutely it's just not. About, two very it's, yeah. You're just like it, going it's in. It's not allowing the moment to own me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know what I'm it, saying? Because, because it would do it. You know, everybody, if you're going for an audition, you want to get the part. And it yeah. means a lot to you. And we have your hopes and dreams and aspirations. You know, so you stress yourself out over it because yeah. you want it. Yeah. But when you don't care and your attitude is a little more carefree, then you will perform better. Yeah, you have more fun. You play. You're listening. You're reacting. Like all the things that we're, we, we learn in our acting to do just starts to normally yeah. just yeah. actually it happens happen. naturally yeah just naturally happens this is what's because yeah, i because i because i remember you mentioned then you said listen i remember one of the classes we did with you it was all about listening you know and, and I, I was telling my wife i said she said well, what did you work on tonight i said listening she said, what do you mean listening and it's so true because i'll never forget you saying it, and it's so true a lot of the time i'm just waiting for my cue to go, but you're not actually listening to what the person's saying and then reacting with pure emotion and intention. You know what I'm saying? That was such a very valuable lesson to learn. And Mike, it's like what we're doing right now. Like, this is the thing. You don't know what I'm saying. And so you're really listening thoughtfully Mm. and you have thoughts about it. And then you say what you want to say. The thing that I think what's easy to understand about acting is all we're trying to do is instead of saying our own words, we just have to apply that to somebody else's and then we got it. But if you're not listening, then yeah, you're screwed because then you're waiting to say it the way you've rehearsed it, how you think it's supposed to sound, which creates acting, you know, blah, 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 yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. 
My, my, my big issue is the accent. Most of the time, they've got an American accent and really? I do a shh. Yeah, I yeah. Nowadays, I think that's really opening up more and more. Like, I think well, there's I hope so, so. I, I hope so, because when I go in for an audition, I'm just focusing on trying to do the bloody accent so much. You know, I've worked with the dialect coach, and I, yeah, I need to do a lot more work. Let's just put well, it Mike, like that. Well, Mike, I think you should, do you have, I think you should also look into having um, European-based agents, like a UK agent, because there is so much work coming out of there. And I know. I have a client, she just left today. Uh, today, no, tomorrow. She's leaving tomorrow to go back to the UK to film. I have somebody else who's filming something in UK. Like, first of all, even pre-COVID, the UK was, there was so much good stuff coming out of there. And I think because you probably still have dual citizenship, right? Oh, oh of course, of course. Yeah. I, I mean, you should look is, into that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's a conversation I had with my agents a while ago. I said, well, I, need, I need UK representation. There's a tremendous amount of work there and it's passing me by. Um, but of course, you know, the lower level stuff, you know, as I say, I'm not a movie star, you know, you gotta, you, you know, it, it becomes a logistical nightmare. It becomes a cost issue, especially if they've got someone local that can do the same role and things like that. Well, that and then believe true. it or not, believe it or not, there's this, I did an audition for game of Thrones and, uh, this is where I'm cursed because I can't get the American speaking roles because obviously I'm clearly not American, right. but I've lived out here for a while. I've got a bit of an American twang. So oh, I did an audition for game of Thrones and I thought, Oh, I've got this. I'm perfect for this. And it's our my wife and I, it's our favorite show. I'm so excited for it. And then uh, I said to Major, I said, how did it go? What did you think? He said, but he said, they were a little confused with your accent. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you sounded American at times. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Are you serious? I wouldn't get that at all. Yeah, no, no, it's true. So I sent the piece to a friend of mine who's a director out there. I said, hey, okay. do me a favor, be honest. Can you pick up on any American here? And he said, yeah, I can, a little bit here. He said, in future, I suggest you just jump on a phone call with a buddy back home to run because, oh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah as yeah. soon as i go back to england my accent yeah, changes like that yeah i have to because i have to when i first moved here people couldn't understand me at all you know the, you know you just get sick of explaining yourself so yeah. you you subconsciously develop you know just a slight twang so people can understand you and your day is a little less stressful <laughs> well listen i think you should definitely i'm happy to help if you at some oh, point, please. you know what I mean? And like, I think we're also in this, this new self-taping world where mm. things that could be shooting there, you self-tape and then they send the tape and, oh, actually this is going to be two months of work. It might be yeah, worth it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm I, like, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's something I've thought about for sure. I also think you have just such a, a castable look in many ways for so many things that are European generated. My best friend, I've been telling my best friend who's been studying with me forever, He's originally from Serbia and I, he, all the roles he gets are similar, like in types, I think that you go out for, right? Yep. And he, like all the things that he gets are almost all European based. Mm -hmm. And finally I convinced him to move back to, well, to move to the UK and he's doing really well. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I know you have a family and you have, you have your life here and I'm not saying you should pick up and move, but like, yeah, I do think yeah. I think the I think the business has become so international that, you know, I think it's something that I'm always telling any of my actors to think about. If they have family or resources in another place, you should maximize it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. You yeah, know? no, no, I, to I totally agree. It, it does get a little difficult with the children. Well, still, I know, you have you know, kids. Yeah, when they get a little right. bit older, I can yeah, shoo yeah. them out the door <laughs> and then I can start living my life properly. I've got That's a few true. more years yet of, of, of the handcuffs being on. That's true. 10 years old is still like, yeah. yeah a little um, shit. 
Well, Mike, let's do my, I mean, this was so, so much fun. I don't want to keep you because it's dinner time, but let's do my quick uh, speed round. Let's go. This is going to be scarier than the five rounds <laughs> you have to do. All right. Um, so yeah, you just have to say what comes to mind. Okay. Uh, all right, let's do it. Okay. Right. No pressure. If, if you weren't an actor, what would you be? Oh God, this is, this is, See? I know. this is the question that I, I've always been asked and I never knew, I never knew what I wanted to do as a kid. I'm all, I was always very jealous of people that had a defined career path. Huh. And my kids, they don't know either. You know, That's but when, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's okay. All right. I don't that's, know. That's your answer. I, I, I think no I would have right figured answer. something out. I would have figured something out, you know, because obviously I was ambitious. That's what's led me to be here in the first place. So yeah. I don't know what it would have been. I was trying to be a, a DJ for the longest time, a club DJ. And I was pretty successful, but then I kind of realized I was never going to be one of those big the guys. Top, I'm, top okay, DJ, yes. right, that, that ain't going to happen. And I'm, I'm getting a little long in the tooth to be going down the clubs. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> You're not playing in Ibiza anytime soon, are no, you? Exactly, no, exactly, yeah, okay. exactly. All right, what's your favorite film of all time? Favorite film of all time? Again, oh, I... I Ooh, I love it. You're gonna fail. Time, my God, that's round. a hard one, especially to you. I know these. Although, the, <laughs> no, I'm but the thespians listening. No, like, oh my. my favorite movie is Aliens and Aliens. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I like, don't I mean, know what's my favorite movie. The the last movie that I watched that I really enjoyed was uh, Ford versus Ferrari. I don't know if you I saw never that saw movie. it's on my queue. I have not seen oh, it's it. It's fantastic. Okay. Fantastic. Can't recommend it highly enough. Okay. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's good. I have a favorite. I, yeah. What's one thing you can't do without? Phone, I guess. Okay, well, okay, yeah. And my phone, which is sad. It, it's ridiculous the way the world's going, but you have to have I your know. phone. Even here, really I'm in do. my house, but I've got it right by me just I in know. case. Me too. I was, dri I was driving my son somewhere, <laughs> and we've got 30 minutes from the house. No, no, that's an exaggeration. Maybe 20 minutes from the house, and then I realized I'd forgotten my phone. I'm like, fuck. Oh, yeah. What? No, that would get to go back. He's like, Dad, I'm going to be late. I'm like, I, I don't care. <laughs> I have to have my phone because that's how I conduct all my business and whatnot. So yeah, the phone, there you go. Do your kids have phones? Does your 10 year old have a phone yet? He doesn't. No. Okay. He has an iPad that we have to prize yeah. out of his hands. Yeah. yeah no. Phone. Uh, what's, uh, who's a celebrity crush? I won't tell your wife. Yeah, no, it's fine. She's not like that. Uh, celebrity crush. Oh my God. See, this is what I mean. I'm bloody I love off. I told uh, you it was going to be harder than no, in the no, ring. Celebrity, because I always get asked this, hold on, who's a celebrity crush? Don't get me wrong. I'm, a, I'm an avid <laughs> admirer of the opposite sex. <laughs> uh, it's, it, yeah, I've got to give you a name. Uh, who's, who? Anyone. Oh uh, who was the female lead in Ford and Ferrari? Probably there weren't any. No, I don't See? know. No, there wasn't. Margot there wasn't. Robbie. Margot, she's beautiful. Can't go wrong with Margot Robbie. I thought maybe yeah. she was in that movie. I don't know. No, she, no. no I don't know if she is. Okay. But uh, Margot Robbie's not a bad one, to be okay. honest. That's All a right. great suggestion. Yeah, she's she, beautiful absolutely. and super talented. Uh, oh, absolutely. What Incredible. scares you the most? What scares me? Like, uh, I mean, I'll give you a fun answer. Obviously, you know, children yeah. dying or anything like that. But creepy crawlies, insects. I'm an absolute, I'm a baby. I'm a total it's baby. It's always but, so weird. Like the strong guys are always my scared wife, of like, the we creepy crawlies. We were sat having some sushi last week and this gigantic beetle <laughs> flew over. And I was, I, I, I was filming it on Instagram on my story. And I'm Did you scream? I, I, yeah. And she's just sitting there, cool as a 
Hugo, I'm like, get rid of it, get rid of it. She's going, Michael, just leave it. It'll fly off in a second. I'm like, oh. ah. And people at the next table are like, who is this moron? What is he doing? Control yourself. But yeah, insects. I okay. admire them. I like to look at them. I'm fascinated by them, but don't touch me. Don't come near me. How would you describe acting in one word? How would I describe acting in one world? world, world, <laughs> world, world. Pardon world. me, pardon me. Uh, frustrating. Oh, wow. Okay, that's good. Yeah. It yeah. is can be maddening. What's, yeah. last two questions, what, uh, what's your takeaway? You kind of said it earlier, but what, what was any other takeaway you had uh, studying at the studio? Oh, I, I learned so much and I can't wait to come back. Remember, I was trying to come last year. I know we talked about year. that and then yeah. Yeah, COVID hit and... Yeah, you know, yeah. No, yeah. I'm definitely going to come back. I need to. Um, sorry, what was the question? I was just like, what, 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 what was one of the takeaways you had being there? I mean, so many, to be honest, because I mean, as I told you, I kind of found my way into this kind of by accident, you know, and I'd worked with some people, you know, one guy back in Manchester for a while. But other than that, no real training mm. until I came mm -hmm. to see you. Uh, and then now I have a guy that I go and see as well. I just do like one-on-ones with him when I have an audition. So yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm a total work in progress. I'm learning things all the time, but coming there and just being absorbed into it, feet in the deep end, it was, uh, intimidating. It was challenging, terrifying. It was, uh, it was incredible. I, I loved every second. I learned so much about myself, yeah, obviously about true. the art of acting, but I learned a lot about myself as well. I and a lot about you, Tony. Oh Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so good to see you. Last question. This is a hard one. Okay. Sometimes it makes my guests cry. All right. How would you define, what's your definition of love? Oh, my definition of love. Oh, that's a hard question. What is my definition of love? Hmm. I always say breathe first and then the answer. Yeah. Will. I don't know. I've never thought about that. It's totally selfless, mm. you know? It's totally selfless. It's nothing to do with me. Like what the love I feel for my wife and my children, you know, it's, I, I don't want to gain from that. You know, mm. I just love them because I love them and I want to make them happy. Uh, but I, I don't know how you encapsulate that into one word, but, uh, mm, tough question, my friend. I know these were tough. You got me good. <laughs> I always, end oh, with... a knucklehead. Let's go back to the talk <laughs> about mixed martial arts, punching people in the face. That's my no, forte. You did amazing. <laughs> I always say, Michael, my definition of love is just this moment right now. This is the moment. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's you know, beautiful. It, I mean, it is. And also, I just want to say in parting too, like I was so moved by your story, and I one of the things that I always, I just want to end, you know, all the listeners to remember is that everybody has a story, and what I'm a big champion of is what makes you interesting, Michael, is the journey you have been on and the autobiography of you is what you personally bring to your work that I can't bring. I can only bring my own autobiography. And I really want to always encourage, you know, everybody out there who's pursuing anything artistic that our own lives are the, the grist for the mill. Our own lives are the art. You know what I mean? And, and just hearing your story is really inspiring. I just want you to know that. So thank you. I for appreciate sharing. that. Talk. No, very, I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I like, thank you. I cry a lot. I really could cry. But it was oh, I'm, so I'm a total crybaby. I cry all the time. People think it, I'm this big, tough guy. And my wife will tell them I'm an absolute baby. No, you're a softie. I know. Oh, I, I am. That. I'm a nightmare. I'm a nightmare. I've got to get a hold of it. I really no, have. Oh, no, that you comes, don't. Well, I do. I do got to control my emotions a bit because I, I, I have a bit of short, not, not a short fuse, but I can snap a oh, little too quick. Yeah, that. I don't that, like that side of me. But it comes, that but, part, 
but it, it's it's I, I'm very emotional across the board in every way, shape, and form. You know. What but sign yeah, are certainly. you? What sign are you? Sign Pisces. Yeah. Oh, you're Pisces. But I think the the short fuse thing is a bit of. My boyfriend is very short fused, and I think it's sometimes just like I always have to remind him to breathe. And then when he breathes, he ha he creates space. I'm so annoying because I'm not trying to teach him or anything, but I do. I have to remind him. Oh, oh God, I can only imagine the poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're no. coaching him through every aspect no, of his life. Is that no, okay? No, Tony? no, no. I, Tony, oh God. give it a rest. We'll end there. Oh, my God. For more information about classes at Anthony Mindel's Actor Workshop, visit anthonymindel.com events. Thanks for listening.